August 11, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Started off with John Cotrain doing Naima live at Columbia. No, no. Comblain La Tour. This is a festival in Belgium, August 1st, uh, 1965. So a little bit of a while ago. And then uh, Simon Goff, with, I filled my lungs with the necessary air and yelled. I don't think you need a comma there, but it's okay. It's your song, you get the title. Uh, people, I am not man alone. You can see I'm having a conversation uh, because of those uh, Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I got all the way from Christburg, part of Berlin. Brother Simon Goff, welcome aboard, Simon. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Nice to, nice to be here. Absolutely. And we got to right away give big grazie. Thank you to Fratello Andrea for making the connect. Absolutely. Yeah. Great cat. Great cat. Now, I heard he's back from, uh, he had vacation in Croatia, so now he's back. Yeah, I saw him yesterday. He went for a nice uh, walk with his little, little lady. Yeah, exactly. Who's like a year and a half. I think I said six months, but it was a year. You know, I've lost time a little bit because of situation like an idiot, but I'm getting, I'm getting it together. Uh, but I'm curious about your journey through music. So will you please bring your earliest musical memory you got? Earliest musical memory? Jesus fucking hell. Uh, Remember, it's, the, it's a Watt for Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Sure, I know, of course. No, I mean, I guess uh, learning the violin when I was a kid will be my first ever musical memory. Um, playing at school, having a school teacher, um, going to class once a week to learn to play the violin. Okay, I'll be the, violin, the, the, violin. The oldest, yeah. And where was this? This is in uh, North Yorkshire in the UK. What, by Leeds? Yeah, just, just north of Leeds. I remember Duchess of York. Yeah, man. Right? There was venue. a pub there. It's coming It's coming back. So it shut down for years, and they're, they're just about to reopen it. You mean for gigs? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're talking like late 80s. Yeah. Ah, yeah that's man. great. If you wait long enough, things come back around. So in Yorkshire, so obviously your school system had a music program. And how did, how, how did you pick violin? Or was it picked for you? It was just we got given a choice of a load of instruments. Uh... And I think I'd seen Nigel Kennedy, the British violinist, play, and I, I, I fancied having a go. So we got given the choice to play a play an instrument. So I picked up the violin and started learning when I was eight years old. Right through the school. So yeah, you're you're, you're uh, it's not private, right? You're in a class with a bunch of cats learning stuff. Yeah. So this was like uh, the old um, labor in the UK brought in a um, initiative where you could basically pay a small amount of money and be subsidized by the state to have music lessons. And it usually be like three or four of you with one teacher in a small little room and you'd do a half hour lesson or sometimes, you know, when you started out and you're just learning 20 minutes and you just learn the basics and basically that goes on for a year. And if you want to do it the next year, you do it the next year. And we just did that. And you're saying once a week? Yeah. So you probably did a lot of prac, right? Uh, uh. <laughs> or were you supposed to? <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me ask you about your pad where you grew up. Was there musical instruments or not in the house? My, my my parents were always uh, keen for us kids. I got two brothers at home, and um, they were always keen for us to play music. So they, they encouraged it. Um, my family is not a musical family. All my family are doctors and pharmacists and IT people now. 
um but they were all always very enthusiastic and encouraging for me to play and so, you know gave, gave me the support you, there was instruments in the pad like what a guitar yeah. or something like they bought us like instruments through the school so it was just the instruments there was always a piano knocking around in our house as long as i can remember and my brother played guitar so there was a guitar lying around and uh yeah did you jump on that piano of course okay did you have to go through lessons with that uh i tried for a bit but actually i didn't do to stick out the lessons with piano so much i was more interested in just kind of fucking around on it and seeing how it went rather than learning any uh specific pieces sure 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 what about the first record you bought with your own money first record jesus christ i can't remember you know That's I, honestly okay. i've thought That's about okay. this so many many times i've been asked like what's the first record the, the first memory i have of records was making cassette tapes of the who ah okay live at that's, leeds that's, are very famous yeah at the very, university that, right that's actually was one of the first records i listened to all like a shit ton ah, I, yeah, I love that record love that record we listened to yeah. it a buttload <laughs> which i think is bigger than a shit ton right <laughs> i mean logically <laughs> you think about <laughs> david yow once like confronted me with that uh logic challenge and yeah yeah the buttload is bigger than a shit ton mr yeah okay uh what about the first gig you went to simon first gig i went to so that would have been at the cockpit in leeds ah, i remember that pad it was made yeah. in uh, one of the archways of the railroad uh viaduct yeah. yeah exactly yeah i think it's still there i don't know whether really bad it's acoustics there. i played there with jay masters in the fog Fucking terrible acoustics. And I think it was owned by one of them fucking beer uh, franchise trips. Yeah. Yeah, 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 not too indie, not too indie. No, it was a, it was like it was a shit venue. Sounded like shit. Was sweaty as hell. Fucking, like, uh, yeah, just cr crap. But but amazing at the same time. Yeah, at least you get to see there, gigs. You know, like, yeah, exactly. And probably they. So, I know, I know for sure. At the Duchess of York, one time they, I saw that it was before I went on stage. I think this fire hose days and last tour and I think they're closing up the windows like you know hey it's fucking sweat yeah but we sell more beer mate <laughs> ah, sure. yeah they do uh, this in the u.s too <laughs> yeah man it's all, all about selling up here fucking music <laughs> right right so look uh, uh you don't stay on violin very long or do you mean you? like generally or like when what in did my, you move my... on to other instruments and shit yeah I, I started playing i've always stayed with the violin i've played the violin for all of my life I've oh great 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 yeah so it wasn't so like the stepping stone trip oh okay okay so was you... but oh, I, okay. I, but i played bass guitar for a while um I, I i had a kind of stint whereas um when i was 16 i, I was lucky enough to meet um this guy herbie flowers Shit, I know about Herbie. He's one of the most incredible <laughs> bassmen ever. Yeah, Love man. That so cat. he uh, he he kind of taught me for a while and mentored me as a bass player, and wow. I I kind of learned from him as a mentor. And how would that happen, Simon? I, I used to go to this. Uh, I had a I've got a really good old friend, and we came up to like we, we were at school together. We made music together, and he. Um, he used to go to this summer school in Dartington. There's a very nice, fancy hall down in, in the south of the UK. 
um, where they have a beautiful, like it's an old, you know, one of these old manor houses with um, this big hall. And it's, um, I actually learned, I was down there recently and I learned it was one of the first utopian um, collectives post Second World War in the UK. Uh, they tried to, they had a go at having like a utopian community down there uh, for a while. But um, this hall and every summer they run a music summer school. So they do um, six weeks, I think it is, of all different classes, people teaching stuff, string quartets, composition, jazz. Um, and Herbie was running a rock kind of uh, band week down there. And my friend Ben went once and the second year he was like, you got to come with me, you got to come down and do it. So um, they very kindly gave me a scholarship to go. And I went down and I got to hang with um, about you know, there was about 40 people on the course and Herbie ran it with Chris Spedding. Wow. Um, just like loaded his cats and then just, yeah, like we got together and the whole point of the week was just go off, make, form groups, write some songs. And then, you know, if you want a piano on it, tell us and we'll get a pianist to come and join you. You want strings on it, tell us, we'll get a string quartet together and get them to come and play, play with you. Oh. And over the week and over the week, we'd put together a show. And then perform it at the end of the week. That's so incredible. Met, That's great. I, and the whole idea of the of the, the mentor and the protege, you know, the student and the teacher, because that, that kind of got lost, you know? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I was super that, lucky because... I seen some of that with the bebop guys because they had to hire younger guys. But there's something about younger guys playing with older guys that got I mean, yeah. rock and roll, right? They had to market it as a youth thing. But when you get back <laughs> yeah. to music, just being music... Yeah, know, no matter what the fucking trip, why not uh, hand down I've, things? I've always come up with all the, like, I've been playing with people, like, above my generation. I think it's the best. It's I've learned from so many people who have told me along the way uh, from their experiences. And, you know, that's how I know you is through through connecting with other people. Like, I know Belfi through... Uh, Dana, I know you had on this show. Sure, she and you know, and and that, she that crowd from Oregon, but she lives in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Look, um, I want to play something you gave me called Murmur. Cool.
One, two, one, two, three, four! You think this is going on?
Live from Pedro Show. Started that chunk of music off. Simon Goff doing Murmur. And uh, Bronze Age Ufo, part A5 of the volume 2, La- Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask. Brand new stuff uh, Baltimore with Bronze Age Ufo. Half of the Mold Omen crew. King Champion Sounds, brand new from Holland. Motto Grotto. Sam Locke, fe- oh, Sam Locke Ward, sorry, brother. Featuring Andrew Stevens. Prawn. Here we call them shrimps. Prawn's better because then you know it ain't something little. <laughs> yeah. Future belongs to fishing people. Bob Buckle Jr. after that armistice day. I think they call it Veterans Day now here. Because it wasn't the war to end all war. There was another one. Fucking assholes. Obama's Prendon. There is nothing outside the text. Wharton tears after that disturbance. Great drummer man, Wharton Tears had a fun studio, fun city studio in Manhattan. I got to record Bob Quine, Steve Shelley, Lieber Now. We did Bob Dylan freeze out. He's in the Johan. Ideals be fucked by 99 cents. Simon Goff finally with Wooden Islands. Okay, so four strings on the bass, four strings on the violin. Big difference, though. <laughs> Other way around, right? <laughs> Fourth fifth, yeah, because of the fourths and the fifths. Well, the drama between the strings is much more on the violin and cello, I should say. But uh, uh, interesting, uh, and uh, actually, right, the stand-up is a giant violin without a chin part, but two in force, big difference. You you clump the notes around each other closer, people, when you force. So maybe that's what you want. God, in those day, in the old days, piano, guitar, everybody was in the rhythm section with the drummer. <laughs> Only the horns and the fucking strings reeds were outside, right? So anyway, um, interesting how music uh, evolves. You know, we had a, a bass man on from Ithaca. God, a beautiful guy. I already forgot his name, but he was talking about the problem of academia. Uh, yeah, all music comes from the West, and that's not true, right? Music it's comes from true. every place in the world, and we have to um, almost unlearn that stuff. Nothing wrong with Johann Sebastian Bach, but right, it ain't all him. And and and, and the idea of saying ethnic studies, right? Give me a fucking break. Music is music, right? So, uh, where did you, where did you from that summer camp? Did you go back to Yorkshire, or where'd you go after? Yeah, that? so after like. <laughs> talking about I went to the heart of fucking western music and went and studied at a classical music college for four, <laughs> four years that's all right uh yeah so no I mean it's it's you know you you uh, gotta learn somehow so yeah yeah um yeah I went and studied classical violin so um in Birmingham oh yeah okay right the the number two town that nobody knows because yeah. it's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fucking huge, right? But like, it's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's hard so to get a gig so there. So, 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 uh, what did you learn about? Okay, here's the dilemma: classical musician, right? You don't get to learn to improvise. Did you have that and challenge? I like learning learning to music, and the conservatoire teaches people at a very high level, and it's a great place to study. For me, I struggled there because it wasn't so creative you're learning you're learning to play an instrument you know and you're you're kind of learning this craft of playing this instrument to a super high level but um in the classical side of the school there's no improvisation there's no no making stuff up there's no 
the, the creative side of it is very, very small. You know, in contrast, on the jazz side, it's all creating things, making bands, putting together. So I had a bit of crossover with the jazz side, but I also just, you know, was out playing in bands. Oh, uh, okay. Jerry Goodman? Sorry? Jerry, Jerry Goodman? Goodman? Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you aware of him? Uh, no. Because I saw Mavish, uh, 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 I saw Vishnu Orchestra when he was in that band. It only uh, lasted yeah, sure. like that six months, right? And everybody sure. was playing fucking lead violin in that band. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. Billy Cobb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of the only fusion I like. I wonder why. Because of the drama. Because of the passion. Yeah, man. I mean, like I always, I, like fusion violin. It never, never hit my heart. Yeah. Like never, 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 never. Got well, what me. about a cat like Warren uh, Ellis? War, Warren Ellis. Warren's been very inspiring to me because you know he he he. Uh, for him, it's so obvious that it's about the music. It doesn't matter what he's playing. He's just picking up an instrument and making music. Like he picks up the guitar, he picks right. up the keyboard, he picks up the violin, and he fucking does it. It's but like, I think the guitar is a tenor. Yes, it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's tiny, so it's tiny not guitar. all the way different. It's not all the way different. But interesting cat. He also became, uh, after Mick Harvey, Nick uh, Cave's main music cat, right? Yeah. 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 So, we, you know, this idea, let's go back to the classical thing. You're going to realize this composer's work by being a good operator, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, but on the other side of it, like a John Coltrane handed... Um, for example, uh, Tommy Flanagan, it's just some chords, right? <laughs> Giant steps, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> He'd been practicing for two years, right? It's just some <laughs> chords. But he's asking him not to realize, but as a, a, a springboard, as a, a launch pad to you bring. Exactly. Yeah, right? And, and, and the funny thing about classical music is, like, in the, um, the best performers of classical music kind of are able to do that within the constraints of the notes that are written by another composer. So they're able to get inside of that and then turn it into a performance that is kind of theirs. And they, it's kind of like they, they get to play with the space between the notes and, and kind of, you know, really turn it into an interpretation, which shows them. And, but to, to, to do that, you need to like, it's, it's such a specific way of, of playing. And I think the, the space that you get to in, in jazz, like, when you're improvising, but also yeah. not just jazz and other types of improvisation where you get to like show you and come out and, and perform and, and be there and be present. It's, it's, there's much, it's way more exposed to, to like what you're doing. Okay. So it's uh, a little more scary. Yeah, it can be, I guess maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Showing out. <laughs> You know, you got to have something to say if you're going to open your fucking mouth, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very much so. Okay, get up a so, place up then. <laughs> right, right. Instead of just getting all uh, buried in the beige. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, what about you starting your own bands? I mean, I was playing bands since I was 16. No, was doing your own stuff. bands. Your my own, my bands. own bands? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really do my own thing. I've always played with other people until this last record. Like okay. This, okay. This so the then I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead of us, but we'll get to that a little later. Because yeah. uh, that's probably a lot of this music that you gave me is from your most recent thing, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you did a huge buttload of internship. Yeah. <laughs> right. Helping. Well, if you're going to ask other cats to take direction, you got to learn yourself, and you invested a lot of time in that, right? 
Exactly. Like, I, I always said this ethos is like, I want to surround myself by the best people I can and learn from them. Right? So that, just that's what Miles Davis did, right? Miles knew that he wasn't going to be fucking Diz, but I'm going to have the best guys around me. Yeah. Just, just, just like surround yourself. When I first moved to Berlin, it was actually the advice. I met this, uh, this great double bass player here called Klaus Jenek. Um, and he, I, I, I knew him through a connection. Uh, like he was one of the few people I kind of had a connection to in Berlin. So I said, can, can I take you out for a beer and give me some advice about Berlin music scene? How do I, how do I make my way here? And he said, find the people who do what you want to do and just be around them as much as you can. You'll start out making coffee for them, but eventually you'll, you'll start making things for them. And eventually you'll start doing things with them. Uh, and, I, and that's, and that's exactly what I've always done. But you know, it's a trip, Simon. You asked a What's German, that? you asked a German guy and I've noticed a lot of Auslanders deal with Auslanders in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. So that was trip. Absolutely. That, was, that was a little balls out of you. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> okay. We're at the end of the first hour. Uh, August 11, 2021 edition. Watt Pedro Show special guest Simon Goff. Hold time for our two. August 11, 2021, second hour. Watt for Pedro Show.
Goff for Pedro show. Start our second hour off with Simon Goff. A process in the weather of the heart. That's a great title. <laughs> I love it. He's got an image there. And vary it after that with uh, whatever I want, wherever I am. Yeah, that's optimistic. Uh, Victor Timofeev from the Ukraine with me, Sky. Uh, Tom Rechion, experimental cat. Uh, uh, L.A. Free Music Society from the 70s, right? Uh, here. Uh, Drift Tube. And then finally, Blue from Simon Goff. Okay. Let's let's continue. Okay, first, okay, you, you're you're going to school in England uh, with that classical stuff, and then you make the decision about Berlin. How did that come about? Well, I mean, I came over here um, first to so through the through the summer school. I met this amazing woman, Cassis Birgit Stout. She's an incredible lady, a uh, friend of Dana's. She was in Angels of Light with uh with dana and michael right? and yeah exactly um so she actually michael's from up the, the hill here there's a hill called palos oh, yeah? verdes yeah just west of pedro and his family disowned him and shit but that's where he's originally from right anyway go on i'm sorry <laughs> but but yeah she uh so she she invited me over to berlin in 2010 back and um to work with her on a film soundtrack and through that i met um Mr. Roderick Miller, who was the keys player in Dana's band, Be and Flower. And um, they needed a violinist for a European tour. And he was like, do you want to come on tour with us? So I said, sure, why not? And uh, it took two years to actually happen um, to figure out the logistics of the tour and everything. But in 2012, I went on tour with Dana and, and those guys. Um, and simultaneously, I finished studying in Birmingham. And one of the composition tutors there wrote some music for a contemporary dance work that was being made in Berlin and Hamburg. And he asked me to play violin and viola in it. So in the space of six months, I did two European tours and created this dance piece in Berlin um, and then toured that as well. So all of this kind of I, I met some people, I got to know the city, liked it, decided to move over here and give it a shot. OK. And. Uh... Like, you know, coming into a music scene cold, like, well, you had a little intro because the invite from the summer school experience, but f finding your way, this is something Coward Watt has never done. He stayed in his Pedro town and <laughs> played with the guy he grew up with, <laughs> right? And just, it, it just fucking amazes me how people got the balls to go and do shit like that. Man, it's just opportunity. You know, I, I've, I, I've. I feel like all I did was there was a chance there and I just I felt right to take it. So I did, took it and I knew, you know, I knew a handful of people um, and you just go see what the fuck happens. Well, it seems like what you're kind of saying is it's a lot of it's about people. Yeah, very much. And, you know, people ask me about the old days. They say, well, it was about people. And my guess is these days are probably a lot about people too everybody thinks it's other shit right it's gear or connects yeah or uh you know where where you were born how you were born when you were born but i think at the end of the day it's people always and, yeah so okay let's talk about this uh no no let's play uh astana astana yeah okay sure. i don't want to pronounce it
Juan from Pedro Show, that chunk of music. Simon Goff with Astana. And then Manuel Armida, Mexico City guy, lives up in Yellowknife, Northwest Territory, Canada. Lucia Encorvada. And then midwife, Brand Wayne. It just came out, but it's called 2020, so maybe it's a little old. Uh, have a nice life. Right after that, there is no food. Yeah, some happy tunes. Yeah. And Vale, finally, Simon Go. So tell me about this new stuff, Simon. The record, Vale? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it came out in April this year. Uh, I've been working on it for about two years. Um, it's the culmination of my move to Berlin, basically. I, I took that chance to... I wanted to, I wanted to move over here to kind of have a reset. Um, I was playing in a band in Leeds, and I was known as I was known more in, in Leeds as a bass player than a violinist, really. And I just finished studying, and I wanted to move to Berlin to kind of give myself a chance to to find my own thing on the violin and and make that my instrument. So moved over here, and since then I've been searching to try and. Like what? What the fuck is it? If you use the violin and don't want to play classical music or don't want to play chamber music, what is it? If you want to like make post rock kind of music or like you know ambient music, and how and how can I work with guitar pedals and process the violin? Just find my way with it. You know, I've, I've played bass, I've played bands, and I play the violin. What is it if all those stuff goes together? So I I just push through it and making music um and then veil is the culmination of that exploring and that journey you know there is one angle on the violin you didn't discuss over here it would be like way up front it's people like papa john creech you know, uh right bluegrass and uh, appalachian sure, yeah. which actually yeah, has yeah. roots i think in england and ireland and Scotland. Yeah, okay okay absolutely yeah did I, you totally ever did take... you ever explore that stuff yeah, I played a lot of folk music back in the UK. Um, again, it was this thing. It's, it's, it's always been super weird because I love the violin. I absolutely love the violin as an instrument. I think it's an incredible instrument. I think it's, it's so uh, just crazy how perfectly balanced everything has to be for that to make a sound. Um, but I've never connected with the music, the violin, that pe most people play on the violin. Ah, okay. Because so, kind so of caricature, I, kind of kitsch. Yeah, exactly. So I always felt like, you know, classical I love and stuff like this, but when I was playing it, it didn't didn't make me tick. And then, like, folk, there are some amazing folk bands and folk artists, but playing it didn't make me tick. So I, it was this, I was in this position where I, like, I knew I wanted to play the violin, but I didn't know what kind of music I wanted to play. Ah, but you knew you had to redefine it for yourself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. and maybe that's what we all should do on our instruments. I mean, you learn and you sticks from other. I'm using a little Yiddish here, right? Little sticks from other cats to do the gigs, right? But maybe yeah, finding your own voice, all that combination of different stuff, you end up building that little scene. And add yeah, to it, right? It's a lifelong journey. Okay. I mean, you, you know, uh, you know this orchestra, Brian Eno and uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Cornelius Cardio, I think, was in, involved yeah. in it. But the, the Portsmouth Orchestra, yeah, where they they got all the like you. Uh, I don't know whether you could you couldn't be in it if you were a professional musician, right, right. or if you were a professional musician, then you had to play an instrument Something you, you didn't, didn't know play. how to do. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> 
Yeah. It's probably the best sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but I look the concepts. They're trying to shake shake yourself awake, sh- shake ourselves yeah. awake. Yeah. 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 Because we, humans, we get into these cruise control, cookie cutter Xerox machine things, and we're not breathing. Our hearts, or what we might be, but we can't tell. So with this record here, and this is your, your first record where you're you're composing all the music yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I. It's I more really than all... just about coming to Berlin, then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it was it's the first time I've really put stuff down in a way, and it, it was also like I, I'd made one record before, but it was the product of a of a, another dance piece that I made. So the music I had scored this dance piece. Um, but this this was the first time I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a record. I'm gonna make, just write some tunes and see what happens. And uh, and yeah, it's like you know, there's loads of shit in it. From when you when you don't write for a reason apart from what's inside of you, you yeah. bring up all the stuff of your you know that you've dragged along with you forever. Right now, was it kind of a you know at the end of the day a collection of songs or was it one big piece? No, it's a collection of songs for sure. Like I, I, I very much kind of attacked this um, album in a way of like I wanted to write. <laughs> it's weird. I wanted to write my pop music. That's why they the short pieces and stuff like this because yeah. I, I like I, I wanted to write songs like a band to make a record. Ah, virtual. Yeah. <laughs> why not, man? That's what the studio's for, right? It's almost like a. A potter's wheel, right? You throw the clay on there, and then, shh, right? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. then at I mean, the end of the I, day, people hear stuff out the speakers, so you can tell them, "Hey, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain." Exactly. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Nobody right. gives a shit That's what's going right. on behind. That's right. Uh, sort of like cooking, but I guess you don't have to worry about making people sick, or maybe you do. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. Twenty twenty one edition. Why Peter so special guest Simon Goff. Hold tight fire three. August 11, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Thank you.
Watch the Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with the bit. This is Aiden Baker, Simon Goff, Thor Harris. I had him on the show last year. Great drummer man living in Austin. What's your yeah. connect with him there, Simon? What's my connect with Thor? Like, same crew. Like, uh, oh, the Angel crew. Light That's stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. of course. Stupid one. Yeah. Fucking slow learner. Uh, okay, now I understand, of course. But anyway, this is beautiful. And it looks like it was a prod job. This is different than your, your record, right? This is uh, yeah. some kind of power trio? <laughs> this this record, the, the, the records with Aiden and Thor are the easiest records I've ever made in my life. Um, the first one we made was the first... I had met Thor a couple of times because I've been to Swan shows and we'd hung out at Swan shows and got to know each other and, you know, we got on well. He made me uh, one of his his um, viola instruments. And then uh, he was coming through Berlin with his band Thor and Friends. Yeah. And and he said, to the, he asked if I wanted to join them on stage, if I'd play violin. You know, when, it, when Thor and Friends go through towns, they just ask anybody to play with them. Yeah, pick up. You jump on stage. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I joined him on stage to play violin, and um, and Aiden also thought knew Aiden, so he asked Aiden if Aiden would be up for playing guitar. Right. And flute, I believe, yeah. And uh, and then I think I had actually said to Aiden he should ask Thor to play drums on a Nadger record, which is Aiden's ah, band. Of course, he was on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, and then, um, and then he said, "Actually, I proposed to Thor that we make, we do a recording, <laughs> the three of right, us." Right. I, was, I was like, "Sure, why not?" Um, so I was working at this uh, a studio. I was helping this guy Martin Eder, who's a painter here in Berlin, um, helping him out with his studio. So I had access to this room. So we just rocked up, and in three hours, we just improvised a load. Um, before going to the gig, recorded it, then went to the gig, played the Thor and Friends show, and didn't think much or, much else of it, really. I thought that was a nice improv session. I, I didn't, to be honest, at the time, didn't feel like we had uh, captured so much stuff. Um, and then Aiden just like listened to the whole thing and cut out some sections of the improv, um, and it was great. Like so some uh, like make... Miles Smiles edit stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just just right, no right, right. no overdubs. All just, killer, just no filler. In. Right. Yeah. So in a just way, it was like a, it was like a gig in front of the microphones. Yeah, very much so. We recorded it, and then we mixed it in a day and released it. Yeah, bitch. Uh, that's kind of like the old bebop days, right? When they just went yeah, through jams and. I should tell people what else we heard. Track two, live San Francisco, August first, uh, two thousand nineteen. Tullum and the Rova Saxophone Quartet, and then Red Robin, which was part of the same. Aiden Baker, Simon Goff, Thor Harris. So Aiden gave these uh, babies titles. Yeah, so that came around. Christa, uh, Christopher Michael Hefner, the artist uh, who uh, is a good friend of our, all of ours, and. Aiden suggested we use one of his pieces for a cover. Right. So we had a look through and I, I picked like the stuff I really liked. And the first record we did together, this No Place, and No Place was the name he had given to this series of paint uh, of drawings he did of this house. So we used this uh, house 
as the cover. And then I did some research on No Place. I just typed into Google and did some searching around. And I actually found that No Place was a mistranslation of Utopia. And it's a little village in the northeast of England. Wow. The other side of that uh, Herbie Flowers town. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you so know, me and Larry, we were talking about Larry Mullins, and we were on tour with Taft Falco in Arizona, and we're driving towards, I think it was between Tucson and Las Vegas, and there's a town, with, not a town, it's just a sign, it's called Nowhere. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you gave me this, uh, is this from the same thing, the chapel? Yeah, Tin Chapel, yeah. Okay, okay, here we go.
there's something philosophical behind it. Uh, <laughs> last music for this peop uh, edition, people. The Chapel from Aiden Baker, Simon Goff, Dar Harris. And then Carl 2000 with the... Now, it's D-E... You know, I was thinking, oh, Berlin and Germany, right? So there's this preposition, right? Uh, article, right? Uh, article, I should say. D der, uh, yeah. Das, and D, right? So this is sure. Der with about 30 R's. <laughs> and then we had, finally, Thor Harris, Simon Goff, Aiden Baker with gate. And people, this ain't the gate to your uh, yard. This is like how you uh, spread your legs as you're walking. It's actually the, the, the um it's uh kind the thing that a horse bites onto. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I forgot to ask you, where did you do record your, your Simon Goff record? That I recorded a mixture of um home in my I have a studio at home and yeah. then um I work at a studio called Voxton in the north of Berlin and I did a bunch of recording there as well. You ever been to Tempelhof where Larry works with Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know Ingo. Yeah, Ingo's fucking and a bass dude too. You know, yeah, bitchin', bitchin' brother, bitchin' brother. Uh, we've done some tributes to the Stooges, and Larry's been working there with him. And he does all kinds of stuff there. T Temple Hall, yeah. right? Candy Bomber, Candy yeah. Bomber. That's it. So uh, you record at home. So uh, do you do a lot of stuff where people send you, hey, would you put some violin on this, and then you uh, sure, okay. So you, you use the internet. Not just for spreading bullshit, but for also trading files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> no, no. I just try to tell people that, you know, you can do some positive things with the Internet, not just the bullshit ones. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, because if you think about it, there probably ain't a lot of cats working the violin out there. So you kind of, if you, you know, especially if you can learn quick and improvising, have your own thing, probably in demand a little bit. Yeah, man, you can be like there's there's a few people around doing uh, more. Well, you were talking about bass. You were talking about yeah. bass. You got on bass, and you probably did it to get gigs. You know, in the old days, it was all about that. No one wanted to rock the fucking bass, but if you got <laughs> into it, there's a lot of work. It's uh, my pick, my mate picked up a guitar, so I picked up a bass. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, well, a lot of guys. I remember uh, Tony Mamoni telling me about Peru. You know, uh, Tom sure. Herman and uh, uh, right. Tim Wright, always switching guitar. No one wanted to do it, so they just get Tony there. I'll do it. I like Family Man. I don't think Family Man ever, <laughs> Barrett ever played guitar. You know, yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, and it, actually, I meet young people now. Bass is their fucking first instrument. Like yeah, violin man, was like, your first one. There are some crazy, like, you see kids playing bass now, and it's a different instrument to... The kind of bass playing that Herbie told me to do is not the kind of bass playing a lot of kids are doing. I know, I know, but you know what? That might be kind of lame. <laughs> but they'll, they have to learn that on their own. But no, these guys who say the bass is a guitar with four strings, I want to I wanna fuck with that. I want to say, no, the bass is a drums with four strings. Yeah, man, clearly. You, you into like that? The, the, yeah, fuck yeah. Like the, the bass is not a guitar. Like if you, I, you, know, you always know when a guitarist picks up a bass. Okay. Because it doesn't sound like a bass. The bass is the the closest instrument. The bass should be the kick drum. 
Yeah. Like that's, it's it's okay. that's 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 why like I loved playing it because it's so different to the violin. The violin sits on top of everything. It just fl- like sure, floats sure. around like on top of it. Like symbols. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is. It's, it's the symbols of the band. And then the bass is like the kick drum. It's got a it's got a power. Maybe sometimes the... we're a little bit like toms, but we're definitely not a fucking snare drum unless you're doing the Larry Graham thing with the popping, right? And that probably <laughs> yeah. comes from rockabilly guys slamming the string against the neck of their stand up. Yeah, man, that the way of playing a, the dual bass, just like. Well, they couldn't the carry drummers. That's why I heard because those yep. are the those vans yet, so you're still touring in station wagons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, so John have, Coltrane, a... he liked uh, country squires. Yeah. But still, I had to tie he the tried... dog has to the top of the fucking boat. That's why Leo <laughs> Fender came up with the precision. You know why it's called the precision bass? No. Because it's got frets. Go right. Yeah, because so sure your intonation, right? Leo didn't play. He had buddies who played. It was hard to fucking move it around. It's all through pragmatism. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, it's beautiful talking music with you, Simon. What's your your next plan? Oh well, first let's tell people they can find you on the internet. You can find me website simongoff.com. Okay, and, spell, know, it, spell it, spell socials. it, spell it. We got to spell it. S I M O N G O F F dot com, people. Okay, and, what, and what's your next plan? Next plan, um, currently, um, right now, I'm working on. I've had some friends of mine do reworks of my record. And so we're just gathering those together, like remixes, but ah. a bit more involved. And yeah, so we're going to release some remixes of the record. Um, I'm hopefully going to make another record with uh, Aiden and Thor soon. And I'm working on another record of my own, but this time it's uh, some music I wrote for a dance piece that I'm going to turn into some kind of new take on um, a ritual to re- renewal and rebirth and spring. So I'm working with, a, working with a friend of mine here, um, Sam Potter, and we're going to yeah, take this music I wrote, which was themed around the idea of renewal, and turn it into a record and a live performance. Primavera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a bitching idea. It's been a big honor to have you on the show. When you get this new stuff done, when you come back on the show, we can listen to it and talk about it. Sure, man. It'd be, be my pleasure. Thank you so much, Simon. People, it's been on August 11, 2021, edition of Wat Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.